Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. What's up? It's the publisher here, Mr. Kelly Cole, a.k.a. Aaron Cole's dad, and you're rocking with MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick Sincere with MTMV Sports, y'all. I am geeked, blessed, overlated, man, overjoyed, man, um, to be joined today um, by Emery Hunt. Listen, he is the owner of football of Game Plan, right? Um, also the a speaker and author, right? And also, I just found out a, a brother from <laughs> from uh, Louisiana, and I am too, also from Louisiana. So I'm very, very happy to have him here. A color analyst over at a color sports analyst, a football analyst over at CBS Sports HQ. So happy to have you here. Listen, most of the time when I'm watching, I watch CBS, and most of the time when I'm watching, I'll see uh, Mr. Hunt come on. And when he comes on, he always has a different take, a different uh, slant, right? Something new, innovative, and a different way to look at a, a different perspective to look at sports, um, sports and, and football player analysis. So I'm always happy to have you. I'm happy to watch you, but now I'm happy to have you here on the show. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate you, uh, you know, having me on. It's good to talk to a fellow person from down south absolutely all right so one the time that i saw you right actually um uh you know i went down to the senior bowl i had a chance to be there for a second and and while i was there you know somebody's like hey do you know emory i'm like do I know yes <laughs> but i would love to speak to him at some point right i want to bring him on the show and so i was telling him about my focus in uh, my focus on hbcus and i noticed that during your you know during the time when you're talking or doing color analysts or, or being a color commentator you bring up hbcu players a lot right you, you shine the light on hbcu players i want to know based on your your analysis which hbcu stars kind of help themselves throughout the pre-draft process you know you know that's a good question but i, I feel like all of them sort of help themselves uh, based off the amount of exposure we're seeing this season in particular on HBCU. So with the advent of the HBCU combine, the HBCU legacy bowl, it's more opportunities for, for guys to get seen. So when you think about guys that really help themselves, I mean, you, we, we can narrow it down to like a, a five players or so, but I really do feel like based off what I've seen in the conversations I've been having and what I've been hearing, um, it's been a lot for HBCU prospects this year. It's a great time to be an HBCU prospect, but I'll give you a few names. Uh, you look at someone like Aquil Glass, a quarterback out of Alabama A&M, who had a really good NFL PA Bowl week. You also look at Marquise McLean um, out of Southern. You know, he had a really good week at the HBCU Legacy Bowl. Uh, Trey Gross, the receiver, had a really good week at the FCS Bowl, the Tropical Bowl, and the HBCU Legacy Bowl, he was well-traveled, along with some of these guys that are on defense, like Jeremiah Kane, uh, who also was at FCS Bowl, HBCU Pigskin Showcase, um, was he at the College Gridiron Showcase, HBCU Legacy Bowl. Um, and, and, you know, so you, you look at how those guys were able to really, you know, take advantage of the spotlight. Um, Joshua Flowers, no one really talks about him out of Winston-Salem State. Saw him at the FCS Bowl. Saw him at the HBCU Legacy Bowl. It's another one that uh, really did wonders for for his uh, stock because again he's a, a bigger corner, uh, a big he's like 6'2", 215, can play corner or safety. Um, ball skills off the yin yang, so he he definitely is someone that really elevated his stock. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let me ask this: some people have 
some people believe that maybe this is great, right? A, a lot of stuff is great because you get a chance, our HBCU players get a chance to put themselves in front of scouts in so many different ways. But some people also believe that it's a little bit, you know, they're a little bit of a disadvantage because they have to work out so much, right, heading into the draft. Where do you kind of fall on that spectrum? Listen, anytime you get to get seen by NFL scouts is a great thing. So some guys only get seen once. And if you're telling me I get to get seen uh, multiple times over and really build a relationship with these scouts and also get them to get comfortable with my game. And now they know me more as a person so they could then go and vouch for me as a person. If, if, if it's between me and a guy that they may have met once, they're going to vouch for me that they met three times over. So I look at everything from a positive slant. It's more exposure. That's better for me. Even if I don't get to play in the NFL, they may know someone at the CFL level or USFL or XFL level. Like, hey, man, take a shot on this kid. I really talked to him. He's a really good guy. A great town. We just didn't have room for him, but he can play professional football. Now you got to end. So anytime you get to see more by, by scouts and coaches and personnel decision makers, it's always a great thing. So I don't care if they have to work out five times as opposed to someone from Virginia Tech's one time. Yeah, I'm going to take those opportunities because it's a people's business. And the more you're in front of people, it's always going to be a great thing. Awesome. That's exactly what I said. I didn't say that eloquently, but that's exactly what I said. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the HBCU Combine. You mentioned the HBCU Combine. You mentioned the um, you know, the Senior Bowl and the focus of the Senior Bowl on HBCU players and then the Legacy Bowl, right? And we've had a chance to be at those places. So I was at the HBCU Combine. I'm at the Legacy Bowl. I want to know. Um, you said it, it should have some type of impact, but what is the win for us, right? So in um twenty in two thousand you know twenty one, there was zero players that were drafted from HBCUs. In twenty twenty one, um one player. In twenty nineteen four, and then twenty eighteen three. So that's a total of eight, right? In those four drafts, what do you believe is the win for us this year? We walk away with this many players drafted. We we know that these new innovations have had an impact. I'd say probably four or five because that's where the talent dictates um because let's keep it all the way 100 when you think about when people talk about the year where no one got drafted listen there's years where guys from tennessee didn't get drafted so it's not like the the scouts are not going to tennessee you know it's just that that year the talent suggests that they didn't have someone that was worthy of a top 252 pick right um and so that may have been the case last year. The most important thing is how many guys are sticking in the NFL. You know, getting drafted is great. It's cool. And every kid that dreams of playing professional football wants to hear their name call, wants to hear a little chime when the, the pick is in, wants to see their name scrolling at the bottom of the screen, all of those good things. But really, when it all boils down to it, you want to stick and survive in the NFL. That's most important. So I think maybe – because of how the draft class is this year, we may see four guys get drafted, but we may see 20 to 25 guys sign as undrafted free agents. That's huge. And that tells you that this year's crop of talent in a 2022 class was much better and much more significant, uh, in my opinion, than the 2021 class. And that's just being completely honest. Uh, unbiased from a scouting perspective. So it wasn't that people weren't going to HBCUs. This year, it's hard to ignore your guys like Marquise Bell or your guys like, you know, uh, Joshua Williams out of 
Fayetteville State. It's hard to ignore Jatari Carter out of Southern. It's hard to ignore those guys uh, that have had that impact, um, that have gone to major all-star games, that have gotten the opportunity uh, to showcase themselves at the NFL scouting combine in conjunction to what we've already seen at all these different all-star games. It's hard to ignore the talent this year. So I think we'll see four to five drafted, but man, you talk about the eighth round uh, when we're talking about the undrafted free agents, I think we're going to see 30, maybe even 40 guys signed. Um, and, and let's just keep it realistic. 20 to 20, let's say 20 to 30. Um, mm. Immediately after, uh, the NFL draft. And you believe that's because of the relationships that they formulated over the course of um, the scouts being at the legacy bowl or being at the HBCU combine. Do you believe that's why those, that number will increase by so much? If I was being Pollyanna, I'd say, yeah, that's because of the relationships, but really, and this is with anything in life. It's because of the talent. Mm-hmm. Talent trumps everything. When the talent is there, it'll get noticed. It'll get that opportunity. And it'll it'll get the, the chance to showcase itself on the field. Um, have talent, will travel, and that's that's just the motto of what these scouts live by. So as long as the talent is there, they'll be there. And this year, the talent is definitely there from the Division One HBCUs to even you know the NAIA HBCUs. When you think about someone like Lauren Young, the defensive lineman from Langston University, so you know there's a lot of talent across the board here. Was there anybody who popped up on your radar a little bit later on in the process? Somebody you saw maybe at a bowl game or something, and you were like, oh, wow, I like that. Elvin De La Rosa, I wrote about him on CBSSports.com, you know, because we were always talking about Joshua Williams. You know, he was the top tier corner. We knew that going into the season. I'm out of Fayetteville State. But, man, when you get got to the HBC Legacy Bowl, you know, that was my first exposure of him and watching him, you know, play corner. He was a safety at Fayetteville State, and then watching him, you know, really go toe to toe with uh, Trey Gross of Delaware State, who was a fantastic receiver all throughout the career, and to really give him some battles and to say, "Man, this guy can play corner and also can play safety." To me, that's somebody that 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 really just you know stepped up and stood out. And, and obviously, the Jackson State kids, you know, there was a bunch across these All Star games. Al Young uh, out there at corner was outstanding. Antoine Owens at defensive line. When I went out to the NFLPA game, James Houston was a terror, you know, all throughout the week. Got the call up to the to the East West Shrine Bowl. I went there as well. And he was just a stud from the time he got to practice after playing in the NFLPA game, going through the whole week, and really stood out in the Shrine Bowl as well. So he's someone to me that I think is a draftable player. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him go as early as round three. Mm. Okay, so you're saying him goes early as round three. We got to get into that because I wanted to see if anybody can can top that, right? Um, but which HBCU players do you believe right now? You know, I guess we're looking for names here, but which NFL, I mean, HBCU players do you believe will hear their name called? And it's always it's always tough when you when you try to guess because again, the draft could the draft could go anywhere, you know. So when you know this is just a straight speculation. And it's, it's going to be chalk because it's going straight from what the senior bowl and guys that were at the combine. So Tyree Carter, Joshua Williams, Marquise Bell out of out of Florida and um, I think those three are probably the safest bets to, to really get drafted because they were at the major events. You know, and uh, mm. if I had to give a dark horse, you look at a quill glass. 
um, based off how he played. He's the best quarterback uh, to come out the HBCU ranks since Tavares Jackson. I think he has a great chance mm-hmm. to be the first one drafted since Tavares Jackson was in in twenty in two thousand six, I believe it was when he got drafted. Uh, so to me, those guys, and it's because again, you really don't know. You don't know which position will get run on, um, or which position where you know if, if there's a run on tackles, maybe that push down some some quarterbacks. So you have quarterbacks go later, or if there's a run on receivers, we may see teams try to elevate some other receivers just to get that that extra year of their contract, um, and you know try to get them to to be locked into with their with their team uh, in the seventh round. So you know it, it can go either way, but just to give you some some chalk names, it will be those guys that were at the Senior Bowl and also at the Combine. Awesome. Yo, and I want to take a second to shout out my guy, Ryan Wilson, over at um, CBS. So I met him at the Senior Bowl, right? And so when we talked, um, he did ask me about you, and I was like, I said, hmm, right? But <laughs> but, but he said, you got to get to know him. So I'm so thankful to have you here. Um, all right, cool. Let's, let's hop into this next thing. You said that maybe a kill, a kill glass goes at least, um, you said he, he gets drafted, right? Most likely he gets drafted. Do you believe he jumps James Houston in your mind? Who do you think goes first? Who who's the earliest pick? Earliest pick will probably be Joshua Williams, the corner, because he's tall. Once he's about six three, it's about one ninety five. He runs really well. He can cover. Uh, it's about can you score? Can you take the ball away? Can you get to the quarterback? And so you go in that order. Um, you know, with all these receivers that are expected to go in round one, you need people to cover them. You better have three to four starting corners in your secondary and he could be one of those guys. And I think he's someone that's going to probably go first out of the, the uh, HBCU ranks uh, getting selected. Okay. Um, Let me ask you, how'd you like his senior bowl week? I thought he did well, man. And and again, when you, when you're coming from a smaller school and it's just not, um, you know, HBCU related, but it's just a small school thing. You want to match up and you want to, prove that you are uh, able to, to handle the step up one in competition, but the step up in the consistency of the, the athleticism that you're going to see at that level, as opposed to what you've seen at your level. So Fayetteville says a division two school. So you've seen, you know, division two talent, you know, and when he got to the senior bowl, now you are going up against power five G five talent that has pro potential. So that's, that's like a significant jump. He more than held his own. And so when we go to the combine, he matches up athletically to what you want those that to what a lot of these power five guys match up with. So, you know, he has the athleticism. We saw him match up uh, in practice, you know, from a physical standpoint. So, yeah, he's checking boxes and he's doing a great job. OK, um, I'm going to I want to ask about um, a South Carolina state, the South Carolina state corner. Um, Kobe Durant, right? Seems more like a slot corner. Did well at the um, did well at the combine. I think he ran what was it four three, mm-hmm. right? Somewhere that range, right? Um, do you think there's there's a possibility we hear his name called before round seven? Absolutely, that's another one that you throw in. See how many players it is, and I can yeah. only call you know what's you know there's like a thousand or so players in my head, but yeah, the Kobe Durant. You go back to the to the East West Ryan game. I talked with him. I had an interview with him, and he said, "Like man, I, I want people to understand I'm an outside corner. Yeah, they're gonna ask me to play slot. I can do that, but man, I could hold my own on the outside." He went out there that week and held his own on the outside. And I said, "This guy reminds me a lot of Eric Allen 
you know, who used to play for the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles and what he was able to do out there as a 5'10, 180 pound corner. Great ball skills, great instincts, good speed. Um, he has that dog mentality that you look for at the position. And to watch him go out there and compete with these bigger wide receivers, he was able to more than hold his own. You go back and watch his, his game against Clemson, and you watch him do a lot of different things. He picked the ball off twice. Uh, you see him playing in the slot. You see him playing in a lurk position. Um, he can blitz off the short corner. He does a lot of those things you see people do at the pro level. So he's another fantastic football player. And I've always said size is not a skill. If you're good enough, you're big enough. And he definitely has a skill so of a you know of a guy that that plays like he's six five. So you love that mentality, and you love the fact he go out there and just ball out. Dion said after the um, the celebration bowl, right? That South Carolina State they have dogs over there, and there's one corner over there who could play in the NFL. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this. I remember back when Tyron Matthew had all those issues. Right. All that stuff was going on. All the stuff was coming up on this guy report. Right. Um, because of, you know, some behavior issues. And Dion came out and was like, that's a dog. I know that's a dog right there. Right. And and that him vouching for him kind of, you know, catapulted him. He was already going to be a first round talent, but it kind of looked like he was going to fall f- far. Right. But he got into the third round because I guess that vouch from Dion. How much do you believe, you know, Dion kind of looking at some of these corners and saying, hey, that's a that's an NFL talent, right? Can help in their draft stock. Takes one to know one, right? And so if Dion is vouching for you, you know that's a that's a great endorsement because he knows what a what a dog and a ball hawk looks like. And he definitely called one with Tyron Matthew, and he's calling one now, like you said, with the Kobe Durant. And I think if Dion is is rubber stamping your game, that that can only be a great thing. Awesome. All right, cool. So now I want to look ahead. I want to do a, a big leap ahead into um next season. I want to ask you about some HBCU players that will have the eye of scouts going into next season, right? You already mentioned um Joshua Williams. You said we knew about him going into last season. Who do we know about going into next season? Well, there's two pass rushers. There's Isaiah Land of Florida A&M, who was one of the best pass rushers in the country. Uh, regardless of subdivision, regardless of, you know, you know, level or rank or school, he can get to the quarterback. Joshua, uh, Joshua Lewis out of Southern, you know, he's another one that can really get to the quarterback or Jordan Lewis. I'm sorry. Um, he's someone that's about six two, maybe 215 pounds. He, he's thin, but he, he's, you know, very tough to block. So he's found a way to, to, to be productive and is one of the top sackers um in college football and you know there's there's one in andrew farmer that no one's talking about out of lane college you know another one that can just get to the quarterback so those three guys to me have already uh stood out as people to watch for 2023 i love it do you believe lane so you mentioned size right lane is not a huge dude Right. Do you believe his size will uh, do you believe he has to get bigger or you have to see somewhat of an size increase in order for him to increase his draft stock? Well, you know, as much as I believe size is not a thing, it is a big man's game. And so I know scouts will want to see him kind of thicken out his frame a little bit. But if you're able to play at your weight, they'll find a way to put you on the field to be productive. You may not be a defensive end, you may end up being a strong safety or you may end up being a you know outside linebacker. Uh, if you're athletic enough, but the way those guys can move and be productive at that weight going up against bigger offensive linemen, it shows you they have a knack, they have a talent. Um, and weight seems like 
to be the least of my concern because that's the, you know, that's the one thing you could put on somebody um, and, and really increase that as you get to the pro level. Cause you got to think, you know, what the guys at the power five level have that guys, at the HBCU level don't have is that access to consistent nutrition, mm. conditioning programs, all of those things kind of help increase your, your potential in terms of what you can do from a weight perspective and a strength perspective and a speed perspective. So when you see these dudes out here at the HBCU level, really getting it in is, is that's natural, you know, and they're doing it without a lot of the same resources. So if you're an NFL guy, you're thinking if he's doing this and if I could, we got the resources, we give him the resources to go along with what he's doing naturally. Then we have ourselves a, a ball player. Dion came on Twitter um, yesterday and he said, I think it was either yesterday or the day before. And he's like, hey, look, I need a nutritionist. I'm asking all the Jackson, right? Anybody in Jackson, I need a nutritionist. Some of my guys want to, they big guys, I need them to slim down, right? If, I need you to come and volunteer your time because I got no money. I need you to come <laughs> and volunteer your time, right? And he said, I need um, bodybuilders because some of these guys want to bulk up. Right. And I need y'all to come over. So I think you're absolutely right when you say, right, they don't have access to those things. Right. At HBCU, it is kind of natural. Right. And they just kind of have to figure that out. And so you're right. When they get into those programs, it's easier to to bulk up and then slim down if they need to. And Joshua Pryor is another guy for next year, too. I keep forgetting out of Bowie State. And, you know, Damon Wilson is arguably the best, you know, coach at the HBCU level in Division Two. He has been phenomenal. It's, I mean, the, the fact that he's doing what he's doing at Bowie State without resources that other schools have, the fact that Bowie State is, is, has been competitive, they've been winning, they've been winning in the playoffs, you know, which is always rare for these HBCUs, and the fact that he has a stud edge rusher again, another pass rusher and mm. prior, who has been on the radar, you know, so – the scouts will be in Bowie, Maryland uh, this year once again because he came back. He wants to run it back again with Bowie, and I know that defense is going to be great. But I know Coach Wilson does a great job recruiting and developing talent, and Pryor is another one that that, you, that we can't forget. Now, um, I have to ask you about this transfer, transfer, transfer portal. It's the hardest thing for me to say, but the transfer portal, right? I need to ask you about – um, how that is going to impact the HBCU landscape because it seems that there was this influx of talent. Guys like Hugh Jackson really went into the transfer portal and start pulling people out, right? And across the board, HBCU start going into there. I'm going into that portal and start pulling guys out and talent out. Does that change, you know, how scouts are looking at those players at all because they're moving from maybe a Division One to HBCU, or does it just kind of like you know bring scouts' eyes more to the HBCU landscape? It's, it's it, it brings scouts eyes because these guys that are either in the transfer portal, um, you know, it's one of two things. You're there for a reason or you're just trying to get more playing time. And, you know, if you want to play the HBCU, you know, landscape is allowing you the opportunity. Uh, so you got to take full advantage. We just saw Coach Prime do that with Jackson State. Quiet is kept. And no one's talking about this, but. We're seeing Coach Dancy do it at Mississippi Valley State. Like, don't sleep on Valley this year. They got the number one JUCO prospect quarterback signed with Mississippi Valley State. They've hit the portal hard. Um, They were competitive last year. So now you add more talent, and they're going to be even better this season. So uh, Coach Dancy, another example of someone doing more with less. Um, 
has really turned around Mississippi Valley. And I think they're getting ready to break through this season. But I say that to say, yes, the portal is going to be beneficial for HBCUs. Uh, it has been beneficial for a lot of HBCUs forever. Uh, before it was called the transfer portal, it was called bounce back kids. You know, so, you know, they, they are always going to look out for talent because, again, talent trumps everything. I love it. Look, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you being here. Um, Just because there are people who I don't know, everybody who watches CBS Sports should know who you are. Right. Like they should know who you are. They should understand it. But if they want to follow you, right, they want to follow you on Twitter. They want to follow you on Instagram. Can you give them give us that information? Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter at F ball game plan. Instagram is football game plan. All one word. And we have our 2022 draft guide out right now. It's over a thousand scouting reports, individual scouting reports, full scouting reports on players in this draft class. So it's the largest draft guide in history. So you can order your copy at footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. I am not joking when I tell you, you can look back here behind me and see it sitting on the armrest. I'll get it for you right now. This is one. <laughs> this is one right here. This is this is it. it, it we couldn't. The guy didn't print out the one, so he had to, you know it, it was two that he had to print out. But yeah, that's it right there. That's a thousand scouting reports. So you get all of that in the PDF form. Don't be crazy and try to print this out. It costs you a lot of money. But footballgameplan.com slash twenty twenty two draft guy. Get your copy today. And again, because we know when guys start to getting drafted that you may not have heard of or what school they came from or your team signed someone. You go ahead on and, and thumb through the guy. There's a scout report on it. Now you know who you are. Uh, and they can also follow me on YouTube at youtube.com slash football game plan. Subscribe there. We have a lot of video content uh, coming down the pipe all the time. Is that on the screen, footballgameplan.com? Footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft right. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Listen, y'all go out and support that. You know, listen, I know that you're watching this. You're paying attention to this on draft day. Your team's going to draft somebody and you're going to be like, who? Right. Have the draft guide already. You can just look at him and be like, oh, I know who that is. Right. And then kind of walk through and at least have that information. So thank you so much um, for providing the opportunity to get that information. And thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate your time. I appreciate you happy, man. Thank you for uh, having me on the show and keep doing great work uh, with your show. I'm going to do my absolute best. I appreciate you. All right, y'all. Listen, we love you. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. We're out.